Welcome to the TNC podcast and it's live. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, it's time for a fan favourite. He's already been on once, but he wanted more. 142 appearances, 22 goals. And on this very day, six years ago, the ball was smashed into the river end net. And rumour has it, the top left is still recovering. Who put the ball in the Ipswich net? Who put the ball in the Ipswich net? Who put the ball in the Ipswich net? Super Bradley Johnson. Bradley, thanks for coming on, mate. How are you doing? No problem. I'm good. I'm good. No problem. Thanks for having me on again. I said I enjoyed it so much the first time I come back again. So I think we really wanted to do this um, because you came on last time and you know you, you really did share everything from your heart and went through as much as possible in that time but there was so much more to cover so we're going to really get into the nitty-gritty of that tonight and obviously yeah. as I say it's going to be a wee bit different we, we're going to be getting all of your questions and comments on screen so do get them in and uh, we will say hello to you including Luke good evening Luke hope you're doing well um we will get Bradley to read out as many comments as possible and um, I've got some questions as well and um, all I ask of, of you North City fans tonight is that if you are enjoying tonight, please do take a picture of your screen and share it on your social media accounts. We are at Talk North City. And as I say, this is a round two for Bradley. So if anything we don't cover and your question doesn't get answered, it's highly likely that we would have covered it in episode one with Bradley Johnson that is exclusively available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. Right, big man, let's kick things off and let's start. Let's, let's wheel the time back to the 1st of July 2011. Norwich City signed you oh. from Leeds. Come yeah. on. How, how did it feel? And, and actually, most importantly, could, if you could have gone back to that time, could you have imagined just how well it would have gone because it went so well that move yeah it was I, I obviously I knew about it before in the summer leading up to my contract running out at Leeds and um I remember speaking to Paul Lambert myself personally he called me up and I was away on holiday at the, at the time I was in Bali with my missus and um he literally as soon as I got off the phone to him I wanted the holiday to finish and I couldn't wait to get down to, to Norwich and get them papers signed because he sold the club to me. Unbelievable. His, his visions and, you know, what, what he said to me of, of how he liked me as a player and, and everything I, I was about. And, and, you know, playing against Norwich previously, them, them previous seasons while I was at Leeds, I knew there was a good team and I knew what sort of dressing room I was coming into. And, um, yeah, I couldn't wait to get down there. And, and when I did, when I did come back off holiday, um, I think I landed back in London and I was up in Norwich the next day or maybe the same day and um, getting the papers signed and, and getting everything done. And did I think it would be as, as good? No. Um, as I've said before, four years of my career that I, I spent there was the best time of my career so so far. And it must have been a cracking deal for you to want to get off, get get away from Bali, mate. That's a hell of a holiday, that is. Fair point. You know what? It was, that was one of my, my ambitions were to play in the Premier League. And, um, you know, being given that opportunity to come to a club like Norwich and who've just recently been promoted and still got that buzz. And as I said, the way Paul Lambert sold the club to me. And, and I knew a few of the boys uh, before I come through playing against them throughout the leagues in League One and the Championship. So I knew what I was coming in for. And to get that chance to maybe play a game in the Premier League, I, I, I couldn't wait to do it. 
so many of you getting your comments in and thanks so much already loads of people in the chat sam m is watching on youtube and says love you brad simple as that and loads of your questions we will be going through as well max pike is in the house he says super bradley johnson what a legendary chant that was and um, right let's i'm actually going to fast things forward straight away before we get into that squad i'm, I'm actually going to go to in my opinion um, your my favourite season watching you in a Norwich City shirt, which was 14-15, 15 goals, in fact. Mm-hmm. Did you expect to have such an impressive season individually, Bradley? Um, not expected, but because, you know, being in the Premier League for three, we had, for three years there, we were. Yeah. And, and then getting relegated, you know, it, it did it did dent our confidence. But, you know, I think we kept a lot of core our core team there, like the likes of myself, Ruddy, Russ, Wes. And um, we, as soon as the, I think the day we got relegated, obviously we was upset, but our focus turned on to the next season and getting out of the championship. And um, going into the championship, I've, I've always said this, it's, it's the hardest league I've played in. Um, I know I've played in the Premier League, but the championship is hard. And um, the expectation, I think we brought that on ourselves. We were expected to bounce straight back up and get out the get out of the championship and we put that pressure and that expectation on ourselves for me personally I didn't think I'd have a, a such a good season as I did but I knew, <laughs> I, knew team, yeah, I knew the team would mate brilliant lovely stuff already uh Oliver Hewitt George is in the house and thanks so much for your super chat and crack, cracking profile picture as well that's a hell of a fish that is. Bradley rate that, rate that fish we do this on this channel rate that fish out of 10 please I can only see top half, but I'm I'm guessing it goes a long way out of that picture. So good nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Oliver. There's your official fish rating from Bradley. He says the day before you left, I got a shirt with your name on. Will Oliver? We will be talking all about that. Sorry. All about that. <laughs> he says sorry, but we'll go through it. Don't you worry, indeed. I'm going to kick off straight away. Um, this was in the questions, but Ryan D's gone straight in on this, and I love it. On the scale of one to ten, how bad was Barton's breath? <laughs> Yeah, honking. honking ten honking. easily. <laughs> wait, one. Wait, what's what's bad? One is good, ain't it? Ten's bad. Yeah, yeah. What one's yeah. one's manageable? One's like you. I don't know. You've just had eggs or something, and ten's no, just. Yeah, it was stinking. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sean Cooper says that he'd love uh, you to play under Daniel Farker. We will get on to that. I'm sure. Uh, loads of love for you in the comments, mate, which is uh, which is absolutely brilliant. And Bradley, you, you spoke about the season and obviously it was a very impressive one individually. What a run we went on, though, to get into the playoffs. What a blooming run that was. And, you know, how impressive was that? When you look back now, considering where you're at now with Blackburn and you, and you, you more than most players know just how tough it is to not just go and go and get promoted from the league but to go on a run and get in the playoffs as well that was an almighty feat and and yourself and that squad did that how impressive was that for you looking back now yeah it is incredibly hard to do i've been as i said before i've been in the league before and and it's all about momentum gets you as you said up the leagues as i said it's the hardest league so you can put a game of four or five wins together and it takes you right up the league but you know the the drive and the determination we had in that squad and um the momentum that we kicked on at the towards the end back in the season and I think the way we were doing it we were winning games pretty playing good football and we were winning games ugly where we had to fight for some and that just showed the determination and character that we had in that squad um we could win pretty matches where we were playing good football but then 
when it comes down to the nitty-gritty stuff, we had Warriors in that team who, as I said, left everything out on the pitch and we got the ugly 1-0 wins or 2-0 wins away from home when we had to. Question here from uh, from Mike Manson, friend of the channel, uh, my best mate, in fact. So this is, uh, this is a bit corrupt, this question. Uh, he says, do you have any pre-match rituals? Yeah, but I wouldn't call it... It is a ritual. It's, it's come from football, but it's just a habit for me now in life. I put everything on my left side on first. It's weird. Um, okay. yeah, so I put, put my left sock on, then I put my left shin pad in, then I put my left boot on, and then I go to my right side. I don't know. It's just weird. And even even now, if I was to leave the house now, I put my left shoe on before I put my <laughs> right shoe on. It's weird. It's and then a few of the lads picked up on it at Norwich as well. So um, And Snod started hiding my left boot. Before, when we, when, when we was getting dressed, he would hide my left boot somewhere in the changing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snoddy, what a guy Snoddy is to have in the changing room. Let's quickly go to the comments section. Going to try and get as many on, up on the screen as possible tonight. Gaming with Ruby Roost says, love you. Uh, Jono, Will Granty, early question here. They say, what's the crappiest away ground you've played at? I <laughs> <laughs> did. You've probably been to quite a few. I've been to. I've been in the conference. I've been in League Two. I've been in League One. Is it? Awesome. So, humble beginnings. Humble yeah, beginnings. So it's it's hard to pick one off the top of my head, but one does come to my mind. Rotherham years ago. There were four cabins. Years ago. So, you, so you're used to all this COVID stuff now. Now everyone's in port cabins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got advantage, Ryan uh, Stanforth on Facebook says absolutely, absolute legend, Bradley Johnson. Gutted you left. Yep. You are not the only one. I'm sure all, all 400 of you that are in here live right now um, will be feeling the exact same way. Oliver Waitman with a super chat. So he gets his question raised. He says, how's, how is Delia's cooking? Has Delia cooked for you before, Bradley? No, she hasn't cooked for us. She's cooked for the girls. Yeah, she, oh, she yeah, for the wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class. For the wives. She was really good at that, but taking out the wives. Because you know what it is in football, we all get the glory. Like we win the match, we go up and get promotions and the lads go out and enjoy it. But Delia always took care of the, the wives, you know, and took them out to dare to races, concerts. And she cooked for them, took her to a restaurant one time. And we all knew because she sent us the bill the next day, sent the lads the bill. <laughs> <laughs> is that serious? You being serious? <laughs> yeah. I'd be deadly serious. Took them all out, and then, and then about two days later, all the boys got invoices in our uh, <laughs> trading ground. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is? I was about to say, cool, yeah, that you wouldn't get that. It's only Norwich City you'd get that. You know, Delia treating the treating the wives, and uh, absolutely brilliant. But also, that's also very Norwich that we that we footed you you boys up with the bill as well. And um, let's get this up on screen as well for the Leeds fans tonight watching. They say I still reminisce about your strike versus Arsenal. Absolute legendary. And of course, welcome to the Leeds fans watching along uh, tonight. Bradley, um, I've got a pretty direct question for you. Um, what's the best Norwich City game you've played in, full stop? Is it Ipswich? Is it Middlesbrough? Or is it something else? Is there another game? Is it is it your first goal in the Premier League, for, for example? Yeah, I was going to say, on a personal note, it would be my first goal against Bolton. I, I remember that. But, it's 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 got to be the playoff final, got to be. It's got to be, isn't it? I mean, that was just what an occasion that was, and and we will we will go into that in uh, in, in just a short moment. And I love I love so many getting in your comments and big up to to Zach who puts a two pound super chat in and Ryan Thompson as well. Take the Ipswich goal out of it. What's your favourite goal you ever scored for Norwich? Oh, if it's not the Ipswich one, which one is it? 
you know what it is? It's, it got shown not long ago um, on Norwich's Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And I, I was gutted about this because I scored this goal and I think two weeks later, another big player in the Premier League, a big club, scored a similar goal to mine. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? And it got, the headlines were all about the goal. About his goal. <laughs> but my goal was better than that two weeks before and it was the back header against... Uh, Stokes City at home. Oh, mate. Well, and actually, I tweeted that out this morning as well, by the way. Hell of a yeah. Absolutely hell of a um, Who was it? Ch- it was what's his name. Um, Hernandez at Man United. Remember, he scored the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, tri- he was a tricky trickster. That's what you get there, isn't it? But us Norwich fans remember that. Yeah. Don't yeah. Quick question from Bevan and a great question. You've, you've, stole, you've stolen it from me, my man. He says, how's Tommy Tribal getting on at Blackburn? Of course, Tom Tribal on currently on loan at, at Blackburn fr- from Norwich City. How's he settled into life at Blackburn? And, and what have you made of him, Bradley? Yeah, he's, he's been unlucky with injuries, really. Um, he's, I've been with him a lot these last few weeks. He's a, he's a funny man, Tom. He's very serious, very quiet. Um, I don't think he gets our banter a little bit, but he's a good guy. <laughs> get on with him really well. And um, yeah, he's, he's back in the team now. He, he, he come on on um, Saturday and I think he's, pretty much playing tomorrow so he's, he's a good player quality he just gets us playing and gets us passing and uh, we know he's got quality it's just he's been unlucky really with injuries um up and down and been in and out of the team but you can see his qualities there hell of a signing for you boys and, I'm, yeah. and I'm, 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 I've, I've been i have been you know absolutely gutted that he's not managed to play um mm. games quality player uh, midfield maestro absolutely love tommy tribal and um, pete reeve the old man's in the house he says What's the difference, Ace, between Lambert and Hewton wink face? Is there a bit of an in-joke here? Um, just the style of play. I don't, I don't know what he's saying. Style of play, I think. You can't you can't knock either of them. I know it was hard for Norwich fans to go from, and even for us as players, to go from Paul Lambert, who was, if they score four, we score five or yeah. six. And going from that to going to Chris, who was very the other way. Defensive. Like, yeah, more. defensive-minded and we'd nick a 1-0 win or if we're losing 1-0, we'll take that rather than try and go for the game and lose 3 or 4-0. So, yeah, that's the difference. But you can't knock both of them because they've both done done well in their careers. You know, Chris is doing an unbelievable job now at Forest and he's done. He went on after Norwich to get Brighton promoted and, and stay at Brighton for a while. And, um, yeah, they're, they're both good managers and I played under both of them and I've got a word, bad word to say under about any both of them really. Paul Lambert, um, of course, um, hot hot topic at the moment um, for obvious reasons. I do need yeah. to ask you the questions, Brad, Bradley, no, knowing what you know about Paul Lambert behind the scenes, you know, that, that sort of fiery Scott, were you surprised that he took the Ipswich job? Yeah, I was. I wasn't and, and I think I said this to you before on the, on the last, uh, I wasn't because he, he was obviously what he'd done for Norwich. No one can knock him for it. What he'd done for the club, getting the club back-to-back promotions from League One to the Premier League was an un- unbelievable achievement and then keeping us in the Premier League. Um, but I was very surprised when he went to the dark side and went to the other side and managed them. But then he was out of a job and you know he, he saw his opportunity to get back into football and um, maybe he went there and done what he's done now on purpose. You never know. 
Well, there you go, Agent Lambert, Agent Lambert. Interesting. I've got this question from Zach. He says, what's the favourite Norwich shirt you wore? You, obviously, you know, there's quite a few shirts that, that, you, that you had. Was it was it the dark red, perhaps, with the black? Was it the classic home strip? Which, which I like one? that. I that. like that. Yeah, the dark, the dark with the red stripe. I think the Brighton away game we played in, I think I scored. And I've got yeah. the photo in my house of that. So that's... Springs to mind that season, really. That season shirt, both home and away, and the third kit. I weren't, a, I weren't a fan of the remember the one that we had, like, look like fruit pastels. Oh, oh I weren't a fan of that. The McDonald's kit, mate. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, you remember his face in the photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I weren't a fan of that. I, what, I, bet, I bet you love an away kit. You absolutely reek of an away kit, Bradley. I, I bet you always just love the away kit, like a dark, solid away kit. You love yeah, it. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I, like, I like an away game, getting getting stick from the home fans and rub it in their face. when. They're, <laughs> they're, uh... Absolutely love it. And um, Right, Bradley, we are celebrating um, an absolutely um, wonderful anniversary today. Six years ago, on that exact day, um, you scored that absolute thunder bastard against the scum at Cow Road. Just, just describe the, the the day, the emotion, and and do you know what I want to know? I want to know how you felt after you hit it and you kicked Chamberlain on the floor as you went past as well. Just walk me through the emotion of everything: the game, the day, and the goal. Well, the day, as they all are, you know. I've- but I think that was there. Yeah, that was the first season with we played them. We played them away from home first, didn't we? That I, think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, it was my first season playing against Ipswich, being at Norwich because we got relegated and they was in the championship. So, leading up to that that game where we drew with them, we drew with them away one one. I'm, I'm sure we did. Did we or yeah. did we beat them twice? Yeah, we drew away. Um, and um, that week leading up to the home game, just being in the city. And everyone around the club was like, we've got to beat them. This is it. We've got to beat them. So I knew how important it was walking around the city uh, the week before leading up to it. But on the day of the game, oh, I'm not going to sit here because we did win. We we knew we were going to win. We were confident. We knew we were going to win. And I remember uh, Russ and, and where's everyone talking before the game. We knew we were going to win. And um, yeah, when, when, Grabs, when Wes picked up the ball on the halfway line and and uh, played it into Grabs. And it was a late run for me. I remember it now. Grabs, I think Grabs was the only one up there towards the box and he cut it back. And I remember it rolling back to me. I'm thinking, there's no defenders are going to get to this. It's only coming to me. And I just put my head down and just put my foot through it. And if one of them, as soon as I hit it, I knew it was in. I've never, you never ever catch a ball as sweet as that. I've never seen it, honestly. I've seen some goals, some big goals are carried, obviously. I mean, Yusef Safra against Newcastle in the Prem over. Shea Givens' head from just over the halfway line. Johnny Housen at home to Nottingham Forest on the volley from a corner. Yeah, I remember that. Goal against Ipswich is... I mean, I've never seen a ball hit so true. Let's go slightly off tangent to uh, to Jake Tidy on YouTube. He says, what's your favourite thing about Norwich slash Norfolk? Favourite thing? Um... People, people in yeah. Norfolk, like the people, friendly. I remember my first time coming there and living up there. I, I still speak to the the landlords that I rent my house from up there. Really, really good friends with them now. Um, just everyone was so friendly and so welcoming. You know, it's a small town, small city, and uh, 
it seems like everyone knows everyone and by everyone gets on well. Well, we try, we do try, and it's good to hear that. It's so, and that's exactly the reason why so many Norwich players end up coming back um, when, when when they retire and, and so on. And um, Bradley, we are going to get into your into your dream starting Norwich City eleven in just a short moment. So make sure you're staying tuned in for that, people. It's one hell of a starting eleven. And um, but before we do that, I really want to ask you because um, we had Declan Rudd on and uh, on the podcast and he spoke about the playoff final and he shared a really interesting story about before the match and of course there's there's quite a few stories before the match that day obviously Middlesbrough, you know bricks hitting the bus window all of that stuff happy for you to describe the day Bradley but one thing I want to ask is Seb Basol he said a prayer before the start of the match didn't he yeah like being in that changing room at that moment it was, I, I, I got on really well with Seb, so I knew what sort of person he was and I, I, I felt he was going to do something like that. Um, didn't think he would get everyone in and say a prayer, maybe because he was close to me, Teddy and a few others, I thought he'd just grab a few of us. But when he stood up and got everyone in, I think at first everyone was like sort of looking at each other, thinking what's going on here. And then when he got everyone up, stood up, he said get around in a circle and he stood in the middle of it. It was, I'm talking about it now, I'm getting tingles down my spine. That's how much of an effect it had on us. He, what he said, some people might have understand him, you know, Seb's English work wasn't the best, but yeah, you know, what what he, he said, I can't remember it word for word, but it was just one of them moments that, like Deck said, I'll probably agree with him, it would stick with me throughout my whole life, my whole career, what, how... He got a whole dressing room. I'm not just talking about the starting 11. I'm talking about the fitness coaches, that the whole squad who travelled with us in that day, he got everyone in the change room and stood there, got everyone in a huddle, joining hands together and, and, and said a prayer. And it was one of the moments that you said we'll never forget. And it really did get us up for the game. <clears throat> I love that. I love hearing those stories. And as you say, it really does make the hair stand up on your skin as well. And we've got a super chat in from jcrick12 on YouTube. They say, uh, thanks for the goal against the Scummos and the Geralds right next to them. They were singing about history and trophies and then thump, sit down. There you go, jcrick. Bradley, what's your reaction to that? How, how good is it for you when you're remembered in such a good light because of just like that one strike of the ball was just so good. It must make you feel incredibly proud. Yeah, it does. Um, and it just goes to show how important that game is to Norwich fans and even Ipswich fans as well, because I'll get stick from them on Instagram when I posted the goal up today. Uh, I, got, I got stick from them, but yeah, it just goes to show how important that, that, that rival rivalry is. And, um, yeah. And I can sit here now and say I played, don't know how many derby games against Ipswich and I never lost one. So, Well, to be honest with you, Bradley, you're not the only one. That's not exactly an exclusive club. Everyone's scored against them as well, by the way. Uh, John Norman says, Bradley Johnson, top guy on and off the field from Chaplin. John, absolute top man. Your comment. Um, oh, this is just brilliant. So many comments are coming in. Um, on the YouTube channel at the moment. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, blind. I'm actually struggling to keep up. So many comments. Uh, Sam M just reiterates. He says, loved the song. Uh, <coughs> he's Will. He says, Roxham, the Broads or Yarmouth? Have you been to Bradley? Yeah, I've been both. Been both. Um, There's a right answer here, by the way. Is there? 
Give me a clue there. Well, no. Come on. Broads or Yarmouth? I, I, I enjoyed Yarmouth. Oh, no. <laughs> Jack's no but listen, listen, why? Why? When go I was on. a kid, when I was a kid, we used to go on holiday there to the caravan. And we used to go. My mum loved banger racing. And they used to do that in Great Yarmouth. The banger wow. racing. So we used to go to yeah. that as a kid. When I signed for Norwich, I always I went to see the banger racing. So oh, that was for me. Love a bit of that. Right, people, this is going to be a good moment, right? We've uh, Bradley's kindly sent in his, uh, his Norwich City dream starting 11 for us. So we're going to go through each player and he's going to tell us why. Um, and he said that there's also some players that you missed out, isn't there, Bradley? So oh, you, yeah. might, you just need to pop your, pop your head to, the, to your right here. Uh, just so you are uh, on screen, <laughs> uh, let's let's just uh, talk 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 me through this then. So big okay. big John, big John Ruddy and goal to getting 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 big John Ruddy and goal. Hell of a nope. keeper. <laughs> Come on, well, <laughs> you're well, you're doing me here, right? Over here. <laughs> right, it. John Ruddy and goal. Quality yeah. goalkeeper. What made you put him in? Just, just that it was a quality keeper. I was there the whole time I was there. He was basically the number one. Um, England international. Um, yeah. He went on to have a great career. And I played with him as a kid at Cambridge. So I started with John. Yeah, at John, no. with John at Cambridge. Yeah, so I started with him there in the youth team. So it was good to rejoin back up with him and, and have unbelievable times with him at Norwich. But other than that, yeah, top goalkeeper. Proper leader as well. And... <clears throat> And speaking of leaders, let, let's go straight to, to, to the one that we've got to speak about. Norfolk Cafu, Russell Martin. What a man, what a player. And what was it like having a having a defender like that behind you? It was Russ, as you just said there, he's, what a man, what a player. Everything about him, he just wanted to win. He was a born leader. Um, I don't think many can argue about that, you know. The way he speaks, the way he carries himself on and off the pitch. Um, when things weren't going great for us in that relegation season, he was always driving the team, being positive. And yeah, to be, I played a lot with him, with him behind me. He was, he's a great leader on the pitch. Don't stop talking, which maybe rubs up a, a few people the wrong way. But no, he was great and he was, he was always a leader and, and wanted to do, do well for the club. And he had an unbelievable career at, at Norwich. And I'm yeah. sure many people would agree with me. Yeah, absolute legend. Of course, we've spoken about uh, Big Seb's song. I think, you know, got, got quite a lot of criticism, though, Bradley, didn't he? I mean, obviously, he won player of the season, got quite a lot of criticism in his time in Norwich. But you, you've said to to us just, just before we, we got onto this segment that, you know, he was one of your best mates at Norwich. What yeah. were, Was he as much of a joker as we thought? Or did he have, he must have had, clearly had a drive to, to work hard as well. Hence why... He started so many games of football, but he just gave off this aura of the Joker. Was he the Joker? He was the Joker. Yeah, he was. He was a Joker. Maybe sometimes he joked around at the wrong times. Um, oh right! But, but you can't discredit what he done when he was playing for the club. Um, him and Russ that season was, you know, I know he went out on loan at Norwich. At, I mean, to Watford at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. Come back. And he didn't know where he stood, if he was going to get a chance. And Alex Neil just said to him, look, if you train well and, and prove to me that you're good enough, I will play you. So he came back from Watford, got his head down 
and he was massive for us towards the back end of that season. Him and Ross at the what, back. Was there a time with uh, with Big Seb Bass where you thought, "Oh my God, why have you said that? Why have you joked at that point?" Like, was, did he rub the gaffer up the wrong way on a few occasions? Or was there anything you can share on that? Um, I don't think he. It's just you know when we're having team meetings and stuff, and the gaffers sometimes in in football the, the gaffers always right, and you got to understand that. Okay. Seb would always challenge, or had the last word. So if the gaffer went, "All right, that that'll do." No, Seb Seb had been looking no, 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 no. like, under his breath and always irritated. Like, what did you say? And then start talking in another language. And that. that that was just Seb. You know, Seb was one of them guys. If if it's on his mind, he's saying it to you. And you know, you need them sort of people in football rather than people who, who talk behind your back or something. You know, you need people to see through. And as I said, towards the end, when he when he did come back in for us and um, he just got his head down and he was he was so good for us that that six months of the back in the season. The man said Bass. I'm really interested in this one. Whitaker, of course, turned into Iniesta at Wembley. Why have you put him in right back? Right back? Why have I put him there? Yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it, was, it was tough, but again, Wits, you know, he's a versatile player. He could play right back, right wing and on the occasion play centre midfield. But I think a lot of people. I was going to put Russell Martin there and put someone else in centre half, but Russell wouldn't have been happy with that. No, he wouldn't. Um, <laughs> I know a lot, of, a lot of people. Until you play with with Wits and um, and see him every day in training, you don't really understand how good of a player he is. He was really, really, really good, and um, you know to have that sort of balance out out there on the right wing. You know he could. He was up and down non-stop. He was a great tackler of the ball, good in the air, strong, and. Uh, I've gone really well with him. So, yeah, I enjoy my time playing with Wits. Over you, the other side, Adam Jury. Talk to me about Adam Jury. I was, I was, and that's why I said I've, I've left out a few good players. I left out Martin Olsen, who was arguably one of the best left backs at the club for a while. But you can't get anywhere near Jury's ads. No one could get past him in training or in a game. You'll never beat the Jury, mate. That's why. Never. And, you know, I sort of come when I come. He was sort of towards the end of his career, but he was still an unbelievable pro, and um, still speak to him now to to this day. He's an unbelievable pro, and yeah, he, I had to put him in there. Could not put him, not put him at left back. Nor a city legend for an absolute reason. Alexander Tete, a man that's still at the club now, and actually that. Are you surprised that Tete is still going to this day? Yeah. Because if you see him after a game, it takes him about three days to recover from a game. I don't know what he's like now, but you literally had to scrape him off the floor at, at the end of games. And that just that's just him. He worked so hard for the team. And um he'd done the sort of dirty, nitty gritty stuff that, that goes unnoticed really in, in, in teams, you know, especially when you've got the likes of the flair players in front of him like Wes or Snods or Redman in my team there. He gets these people ticking and, and does all the nitty gritty stuff and and yeah what a guy he is to to have and um I'm, I'm I'm surprised he's still playing at, at Norwich but I'm not surprised he's 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 still he's still there because he is Norwich through and through. Oh mate I, I think Daniel Farker must have drugged him because he's telling him he needs to play until he's 55. So <laughs> I think he's gonna be going for a long time. Oh, right. The same with 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 Tets it's like Seb as well with his knee. I don't know this it's like after a game, it's like, oh, that's me. I'm out for three weeks now. You have to literally roll him out of the changing room every single game. Tets will hardly train. I don't know what he's like now. He's probably got even worse now. He don't train. But 
get him fit and get him ready for a Saturday and you know what you're getting from him. And a great guy to have behind the scenes, I'm sure. And another yeah. man, I'm sure, was very good behind the scenes. and very interested to get more of an idea from you on, on David Fox. Foxy's in there for you. Why have you put him in? What a player he was. Passing range. One of the best I've played with. Passing range. He, remember Paul Lambert used to say, I don't know if I can say it on, on here, but he used to say, oh, just give it to Foxy. He would find the midget's tip. That's what you, you always used to say. Yeah. <laughs> he will find a midget nipple. So, and, uh, <laughs> and that was it. Foxy was unbelievable. And and again, you said the good guy. Yeah, such a good guy to have around the place. And um, oh. his passing range was, was very, very good. And I, I only really played one season with him. It was, was the first season in the Premier League. But I knew his quality before that through playing against him. Um, you know, wow. he's deceiving. Not people look at him and think, "Oh, he's not a midfield. He can't get about." But he got about, and you know, with his touch and his passing range, he didn't really need to run anywhere, really. Well, there you go, people. David Fox can find a midget's tip, um, and of course, a, a player that we've had on the TNC uh, podcast as well on the audio exclusives. All you've got to do is search David Fox Talk Norwich City to listen to that one. Right, we have to talk about this man, the Messiah. The maestro, the magician, Wesley Houlihan. Hands down, the best player I've played with. Hands down. Easily. Still to this day, yeah? Easily, yeah. Easily. But why, though? Why was he so good? He's just done, done things that I've not seen from... He, he'd get the ball with five men around him and he's. you'd think, oh, crap, he's going to lose the ball here. And he'll come out with it somehow. Um and keep going. He's just—he's one of the players. He's not afraid to pick up the ball in tight spaces um, and and get your team up the pitch. Um, don't get me wrong. When um, a few Lambert used to say, when when Wes, Wes had a bad game, he has a bad game. But when he has a good game, he's unplayable, and well, and, yeah. and that's what he is like. And um, yeah, what I can't say much about. I think everyone who plays with him to this day now even says the same about him. And I, I can't believe he's still playing now. As well. Oh, I can, mate. He'd still be in my Norris. He'd still be <laughs> on the bench if it was up to me, I tell you. Nathan Redmond, um, mm -hmm. out on the right hand side. Talking about Nathan Redmond. Exciting. Wembley, by the way. What a goal that was. Yeah, he's exciting. Um, he's one of them. I know he's mixed opinions on, on people, but for me, he, he was crucial to me having that season that I had in that that, okay. that season because our game plan was I, I, I weren't an out-and-out winger I played on the left side of midfield but I was more of a, a tucked in midfield and, and old Scott around the back of me but we knew that when we got the ball out to Redders his main job was to just cross the ball for me Cam and maybe Hoops who was in the team and I think I scored so many goals arriving late at the back post that year even if you hung it up or cut it back I scored something so he was vital for for me having a good season and for our whole team really and um yeah he scored a lot of important goals as well for us yeah um, he did he did. To, he did the one in the playoff final and um yeah he was as I said exciting tricky quick could beat a man like that his pace was electric over two yards and um I think the the more he played in our team the the better he got and more mature that he got and as I said now he's gone on as well to have a, a great career himself Absolutely. And uh, over to the other side, the mad Scott Roberts. Yeah. 
grass and just what what a guy like just just what a guy genuinely like a top character top man proper workhorse blood sweat and tears on the on the pitch um still love him i just still love the fact to this day that he, that he had it that he swore at the snake pit when they gave him stick he just, <laughs> just such a character what what was what was snoddy like was he was another one that was just like such a good crack behind the scenes yeah behind the scenes yeah in the change room any print that goes on always involved uh without shadow, always involved in all the pranks the, loud, the loudest in the room. You could hear him from a mile away when you're when you're walking to training. But on the pitch, he was a nightmare. A nightmare in a good way because okay. he, he wanted to he wanted he was that hungry to win. He would he'd nonstop moan. He would moan. He's the moaniest player that I've played with. Really? Wow. The best moaniest player. But I, I was used to him because I played with him for so many years before that at Leeds. I was used to him. Him and Russ used to argue for fun. I put that out there. Did yeah, they? Like fun. proper, like proper yeah. handbags behind yeah. the scenes, like yeah. bit of argy. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a good few handbags with Snoddy. Have um, you really? Yeah. He's, he's, and that's something that that's good about him. It's unique. It don't. Yeah, it's his fight. It, yeah, it's it's that determination. He's a winner. He's he want, wants to win every game that he wants to win. And um, some people might see it as like a arrogance thing or something, but yeah, he was, he was, he could, the thing with Snods, he could moan at you if you didn't give him the ball and he could moan at whatever. But when he got the ball, he could back up, back it up because he was such a good player. So, um, yeah, him and I've seen him and Russ have a few arguments. I've had a few arguments with him, but you know, we, we, we were all wanted the same thing. We all wanted to win. And, um, I think that's, that was healthy in, in our change room. I picked a team there as well. And I've gone for that as well. I've gone for like, lads who are hungry and, and will leave everything out on the pitch and I think my team is, is solid so far I've gone solid back four two holders in midfield and I'll just let the front four win the game for us Grant Holt then come on then give, give some give some praise to the big man on and off the pitch again like obviously a Stonewall Norwich City legend yeah what like what Norwich fans know what he was like on the pitch what was he like off the pitch like he's the kind of guy that I would imagine would get you up by the scruff of the neck and tell you also if you if you had a bad game. Yeah, no, I don't think Holt was like that. He he led example by the way he played. So he he was that that player who drove the team. Like you said, he scored so many goals for us, and he led example with the way that he played. He didn't need to show everyone because it was like I'm doing it. So why can't you do it? I'm the captain. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing all that running. Why can't you do it? And everyone just followed, followed his lead. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, off the pitch and on the pitch, a big character. Um, I'd probably say the best captain I've had. I've played, yeah. played with. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was really, really good for for the team. You know, he was always going into the manager manager's office for the team, um, not for himself. If if a few of the lads said, "Oh, we want a day off here. Can you ask the manager this?" He was first one in the manager's office, and I think he had that relationship with Paul Lambert yeah. because they come from League One and, and helped each other get to where they are, and he had that respect for him. Um, another joker as well. Um, the, the the bar on your breath stinks. It was him who got me in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> I've um, yeah, another joker and wrestling now. So. 
I couldn't really pick him. If I didn't pick him, he'd probably beat me up. Probably kill you, wouldn't he, mate? He'd probably kill you. Honestly, a hell of a team. And you, and you said to me before you came on that you you had to leave out some players. Oh. Well, how many? Like, just pluck some other names out of out of out of the air for, for us, Bradley. Like I said before, uh, Ols, Martin Olsen, yeah, um, Johnny Olsen, good player. Uh, right. I can't believe you've left that. Hang on, you've left out Johnny Olsen, by the way. I know uh, it was tough. Uh, him or Tip, but I've gone for, as I said there, my, my reasoning is I've gone for two holders. It's a Chris Hewton team rather than the Paul Lambert team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Question here from uh, Michael Hoffer. He says, what's your favourite curry? Favourite late night snack? Favourite curry? I like spice, so I'm going to say Vindaloo. Uh, vindaloo? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Bradley, yeah, you, you absolutely reek of Vindaloo. I knew you were going to pick Vindaloo. I really did. So many questions coming in. I'm going to try and get as many up on the screen now because we had quite a long period there uh, without questions. Uh, Ryan, thanks for your super chat. Um, we'll assume it's it's Wes, isn't it? Yep, easily, yeah. Yeah. So much for your super chat. Oh my god, there's loads of comments. Thank you so much, everyone. Really appreciate this. Gonna try and get as many up on screen as possible. We talk. Um, was oh hit oh wow, Craig Wes Houlihan or Emmy Buendia? You've obviously seen Emmy Buendia play now. You like the look of, you like the look of Emmy Buendia? Oh, would, would you fancy? Oh, I'd love to play with him. Yeah, quality. Yeah. I can't. Oh, that is a hard. Hard question. Do you, do you think that if Emmy stays at Norwich, he could be he could become more of a legend than Wes Hulan? Big, honestly, horrendous questions. I'm so sorry, mate. I, I've got to ask you these questions. <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with that one. No, no, no can't no. be a legend, but still a, a class player. Oh yeah, uh, he already is a class player, and he's quality shown this. Throughout the season, throughout the time he's been there, this season he's been unbelievable. Um, but I'm gonna have to. I played with Wes. I've not played with him. Stick uh, Stick I, would, I would love to play with him, but I'm gonna pick Wes. Okay, okay. Coleman's mustard NCFC on uh, on on YouTube says, uh, "Take out the size of the occasion. What was the better goal, Ipswich Streamer or Blackburn top corner belter?" I'd still stay the Ipswich. Yeah, good man. That's yeah, what we're doing. Thanks so much for your super chat, Coleman's uh, mustard. Matthew Barber says, "Is Tete the happiest man in football?" He's a happy chap, isn't he? Million percent. He's just happy all the time. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, Sarah Peckeries, Norfolk Cafu, uh, quality guy on and off the pitch. Yeah. Um, there's a few questions we can't ask, uh, Bradley, due to Blackburn situation. So you'll hopefully you'll respect that people. And quite a lot of the questions, uh, Brad, that, and, and I think it's only fair that, that we talk about this now. And we do speak about this the first time you came on. We need to talk about the exit now. And I, and I know it's going to bring up a lot of bad emotions for you. But I really want you to tell the Norwich fans again how you truly feel about it. Deadline day. Absolute heartache for, for the Yellow Army. 1st of September 2015. What, what, from your point of view, what happened? Take us through the timeline and who you were in, con who were you in contact with? Who said what? How did it work out? So I was, it happened the, the night before the, the deadline day. I was in London um, at my family's house and I got a call from my agent and uh, he just said, oh, Norwich have um, accepted a bid for you. And um, I was like, what? Say that again. He went, yeah, there's rumours that um, Norwich have accepted a, a bid. 
for you from a club and i was like the first i heard of um as i said that season the, the, the season we got promoted i signed another three or four year contract there um and i was settled at norwich and um yeah going in and um speaking to my agent that night he said yeah it, it looks like there's some truth in it so i went in in the morning um saw alex nil and he didn't really know um what i was going in for i went in early in the morning we was a, i think we were due in at like 10 o'clock and i went in at half eight in the morning to see him but previously to that um i didn't play the last three games i was coming on off the bench i think it was southampton game was the last game i come off of the bench and then we had an international break and then we come back in so he thought i was going to see him about not playing and um i've come in here and i've said to him um gaffer i've just heard the, the club have accepted a bid for me what's going on and he was oblivious to it didn't know so he got, no he didn't know at the time no he didn't know so he got on the phone made a phone call and i was in the room and it was sort of like a phone call where the board wasn't expecting it they didn't expect me to go in so early and they was like oh we were meant to call you and tell you um and alex was like well bradley's in my office now what, what what's happening <clears throat> and then he said to me, go out of the office. So I, well, I went out and and by that time, the, the lads had started feeding, coming into the uh, building. And they were like, what are you doing in so early? And uh, I sort of like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on. Um, I've got to wait for a call. My phone was going off. My agent was ringing me saying, it's Derby. I've put in a bid for you. And um, the club are willing to, to sell you because they, they don't see you in their plans in the Premier League um and i think it's good money for you so i went back into the office and um you know alex neil just said look it's a deal that the club saying they can't turn down um we it's something that we wanted we can't promise you playing time at the club now in the premier league and um it's a opportunity for you to go go out and play i wasn't happy about it i, I, I did not want to go um so I was like, well, what do you want me to do? He said, um, well, you know, we're looking to get players in. Um, if we get the players that we want in, then I don't see a future for you here at the club. And I was fuming. I, I walked out of the office and um, saw a few of the boys, saw Ruddy and saw Russ and told them. And um, But by that time, um, Alex Neil said to me, I don't mind you going down to Derby and doing your medical. And then if we get the player in, because the deadline shut at six o'clock that day, so um he said i don't mind you going there but um he said that um and we'll let you know when we get the player in so it was it was it was a whirlwind for me it all happened within the space of hours and um getting a phone call the night before going in and 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 the way it all happened with alex Neil not really knowing and then he spoke to the board and they agreed it was a good price and they couldn't turn it down and yeah, and then when I saw the reaction of the lads, oh, Ruddy went crazy. Russ was going crazy. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this because John Ruddy came on TNC podcast as well. And and yeah. it's not just, I can obviously, like even just getting you to speak about it now, I can still see the the pain on your face and the emotion, the way you're talking about this. Um, but it's not just you. When John came on, he was most passionate on the podcast about you leaving and spoke mm. about how mental he went at Colney that day. Yeah. Russ Martin was telling me how he tried to stop it from happening. Like, you know, I mean, yeah. I, just, 
I, I just don't. And I know that I'm, I know wholeheartedly I'm speaking for literally every single Norwich City fan now saying we were broken. And mm. you, how did you then go from, I don't want to leave, I want to play in the Premier League to I'm a derby? Like, how did you make that transition so fast? Like, you must have found that so tough emotionally, mentally. Oh, yeah, I did because going up there, where going up to Derby and doing my medical and stuff, on their point of view, they wanted to get it done straight away. So they were rushing me. And I was like, I'm not phoning up the club because I thought half of me in my head thinking, oh, it's not going to happen um, and I'm going to go back. But then in the, in the other half, my, my, my dad was as, as angry as I was because wow. he's a passionate fan about me. And he said, he sort of said it from, a dad's point of view is like because he's been with me throughout my career I've had rejections um from a young age and it really hurt me and um mm. my dad was like they don't want you the board or whoever doesn't want you so you've, you've got to leave because if you go back there you're not going to play you're not going to be happy um because he knows how much I love football and I love playing. And it was a hard decision for me. I spoke to my wife. As I said, we just bought our house in Norwich, put my first kid in, in school. And within two months, we had to take him out of school and, and change. So it was it was a hard decision. And then Derby were rushing it because they wanted to get it done. And then Norwich were taking their time. And it was just a whirlwind of a day. I didn't know what to think of it. It was just, as I said, I didn't want to leave. But then on the other hand, the more it went on, the more I got my head round of, as I said to you before, football is like a business and, you know, things like that happen in football. So the more, the longer it went on, the more I got my head around it. And with the deadline coming up, so it happened at five minutes to six that they sent all the papers through. And then my first five minutes to six, it happened and at six o'clock. I'm in the corridors with lights and cameras in my face like that. And they asked me about the club and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to sign. I can't wait to to get started for Derby City. And I call them City because I'm you so new to in Norwich City. I said, yeah, I can't wait to get started for Derby City. So I got off to a great start. I'm going to be brave with you here. Do you feel wholeheartedly betrayed by Dave McNally? Yeah, yeah. That year, the year, the going back to when we got relegated, I had teams come in for me in the Premier League who wanted to keep me in and, and buy me in the Premier League. Only, yeah. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a case of me going in to McNally or whoever the manager was at the time and saying, I want to leave because I felt at home at Norwich. I loved it there. I wanted to, wanted to be there. I enjoyed the, the lads that we had there. were great lads for us. Wes, Snoddy everyone there we all got on so well and it so it wasn't a case of oh we've been relegated now I want to jump ship I wanted to get relegated I didn't want to get relegated but we got relegated I wanted to that season bounce back up and get out and get back into the Premier League and um I said that to the club you know I said look clubs are coming in for me um I don't want to leave I want to help this club and I was coming to I think the sort of I only had a year left or something after that. So I said, yeah, we'll, we'll sort out contracts. And then Alex didn't, nothing got happened. Then Alex Neil come in the January time. And then again, Burnley come back in for me in that January while we was in the championship. And um, 
and then they come back in for me and then I said to them to Norwich I said look I want to be here they sort out a new contract and to be fair to Alex Neil then I went to see him he's only been in the building for a week and to be fair to him I went to see him and told him and he said leave it with me I'll get it sorted out and three days later I signed that four-year contract so Again, that's where I go back to Alex Neil, and everyone thinks I, I, I ain't got I ain't got a bad word or anything to say about him. You know, he he's a respectable man. He respects you um, if you work hard for him and, and play, and he's just a good guy. This is what I wanted to get to actually, Bradley, because in the first podcast, and people can go and listen to that now on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. If you search Bradley Johnson, Talk Norwich City, um, you spoke about this, but we didn't quite pin it down to who and why, and now we know. It definitely wasn't Alex Neal. I'm sure he would have kept you uh, here. And it, I know you're a Blackburn now, and Blackburn are quality club, mate. Hand on heart, would you have wanted to retire at Norwich? That was my plan. That's what I thought I was going to do. I signed I got, before I go back to signing that contract with Alex Neal. So I signed that contract four years, and it took me till I was 31 or 32. So yeah, 31, I think. And and that's what I had in, in my mind. You know, I bought my house in Norwich. I've still got it now. My, I put my kids in school and we were settled. My, me and my wife loved it there. We were close to our family who lived in London. And, um, yeah, we were settled there. And um, going back when, I remember, like you said, there being portrayed, I remember winning the playoff final and going up the stairs and collecting the trophy. And McNally was up there. And he gave me a hug. I don't know if you can see it on the video. And he, he shook my hand but gave me a hug. And he was like, thank you so much for staying. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting us out of this league. And I was like, I told you, this is, that was my plan. And, I, and we've done it. So I was all happy. And then two months later, we have our summer holidays, come back in, start the season. And within four games, I'm, I'll, I'll get sold. So I just feel betrayed, yeah. Snaky, snaky, snaky. Not good. And good to know who it was. Look, I... I... I know, I know there'll be Norwich fans still here now listening, raging at this decision. It's and a lot of people have likened it to when we had Malky McCarter centre back and we sold him to West Ham. I think this was worse because you know we're talking about we're not just talking about any player here, and I, and I know I'm saying this in front of you, but I don't care. You know, when a player wins Player of the Season, when they stick by you and stay loyal, you fight and you score and you you the relationship you have with the fans, and then. For McNally to kind of just and and, I, and to be honest with you, Bradley, it, it actually annoys me how comfortable with it you are by saying, "Oh, it's business." It's not business. Mm. It's business when it's you, when it's a player of that pedigree. And I see no difference to you know what what you did in that in that season to what Grant Hall did. Yeah. You know, I think that you were on that level for in in terms of what you gave to the club, the loyalty. Obviously, you've said you had options to go and sit on a big paycheck at Burnley and you decided to stay at Norwich. And I know this is a bit ranty, but that's the truth, mate. I'm, um, I'm right, one, one thing that did upset me about that whole thing was when, I don't know how long ago it was after I left and we were playing Norwich and uh, Alex Neil done a press conference or something or spoke in front of the fans and he said that he didn't believe I could, I was good enough to play in the Premier League. He, I think he come out and said that, didn't he? And yeah. that, that upset me. Um, because I had a lot of respect for him. That upset me because I've been in the Premier League three years before that, played over 100 games for the club. So mm -hmm. for him to say he didn't think I was good enough to play in the Premier League, he thought it was a step up or something he said. And then obviously to play against Norwich, I think that was a game that was scored against Norwich as well and we won at Derby. So it was sort of like, a, 
about our cues to, to Alex Neil after that game. You're literally making me angry on a, on a Monday night, which I don't want to be. Uh, let, let, let's try. Let's try and move this back onto a light note now, and feel free to get in your 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 questions for Bradley in the comments section as we come to a close. And um, you, you're still in touch with Russ. You're still in touch with with, oh, yeah. with Wesley. Who else? What what other Norwich boys are you still in touch with? I still speak to Wits, um, Ols, Seb, um, as you said, Russ, Snoddy, John, Ryan Bennett. Obviously, play with Elliot Bennett. Yeah, hoops, um, hoops, all of them, the whole band. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, surprisingly, lovely. fans as well. I'm, I still speak to Lewis Grabbin as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very good friends with him. I, I, I laugh when I hear these rumors about. <laughs> yeah, you know what, uh, mate? You know what? Uh, do you want to? Right, let's put these rumors to bed, please. Yeah. People have said to me before you came on tonight. I'll make sure, you know, or don't talk about that or... or <laughs> I know, I've seen the question. I get it. I've seen it. I've seen the question. Right. Can we just... And I know well, where that come from. Norwich fans, we loved to chant it at Lewis Graben when he came back, by the way. It was great. It was great banter, it has to be said. But it's it's not true? No, no. I was sat with Lewis last week when we played Forest. Me and him were injured. I was sat with him. I still speak to him all the time. He's yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and he laughs about it as well. I laugh about it, and he laughs about it. I don't know where, I don't know where that rumor came from. So, I, love, I love the fact we put that. That was like a topic I said to Jack before we come on tonight. He went, Chris, just whatever you do, be careful. If someone comments about Lewis Graben, just don't <laughs> come out with it. So. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, if that's killed anyone's bubble. No, <laughs> but carry on trying it. He don't mind it. He knows it's not true. I'm Low sorry. Loving that in the comment section. Loving that in the comment section. Um, Brandy, you've, you've got a podcast yourself now, haven't you? We've seen it on Instagram. It's called Hope. What does that Hope. stand for? What's your podcast all about? Um, podcast, yeah, it's called Hope. It stands for helping other people everywhere. Um, nice. It's just like a, um, a concept, really, of we, we talk or have conversations like this to people who have come from difficult backgrounds themselves, who have worked hard to, to get to where they are in life we we've interviewed musicians um footballers people who have, who have made something out of themselves really in different industries and and hear their upbringing and their sacrifices there to make in life to to get where they are now and the the hope of of maybe reaching out to a few kids nowadays and giving them that that little bit of drive and purpose to actually stick at something in life and and get focused rather than going down the wrong path you can find this through Instagram. Do you remember your Instagram handle, Bradley, for the Hope Podcast? Do you yeah, know it it's, it's literally called at Hope Podcast. Um, at podcast, people. Make sure you give that follow. And do you know what I love about it, Bradley, is I love the fact that you're just not you're not interviewing any star, any Tom, Dick and Harry. You're talking yeah. to real people with real stories, yeah. inspiring uh, a generation. So fair play to you for doing yeah. that. The Hope the Hope Podcast. It's called The, the Hope Podcast. Yeah. Make sure everyone goes and uh, and follows that to thank Bradley for his time tonight. And Bradley, my my, my one of my final questions to you um, is: Did it hurt not being able to give Norwich fans a, a proper goodbye? And if mm. you wanted to say goodbye to them now, because you are speaking to thousands of them as we as we as we air this live, what would you say to those Norwich fans that supported you and and still? Um, yeah, no, I can only thank them. I think anyone would know the way I speak about the club still is in my heart 
Um, I love the club to bits. I love everything about the club. Um, I enjoyed my my time at the club, and you know, I've, the best parts of my career so far to this day have been with Norwich City. So it's a club that will always be fondly within my heart. And yes, it's not like a a goodbye because I still speak to a lot of fans. I interact with a lot of fans on on the socials, and every Norwich fan I try and um, reach out to, and I know the love that I get from them is is. It's, it's all mutual. I'll give it back as well. So, no, a great club. And one of my standout memories were when I was at Derby and getting a full squad to go and the full stadium was clapping for me. The Norwich fans, although we beat them and, and they lost, they were still clapping for me and singing my name. And every time I played against Norwich, I get a great reception there. And, yeah, I think we play you soon. But there's going to be no fans, which is unfortunate. Oh, but no, everyone, everyone knows that um, my heart is still with the club and, However, it ended. It ended on a on a bitter note for myself and and everyone else. But you know, I, I can sit here and wholeheartedly say that I gave everything for the club, and um, I appreciate what the club gave to me. You should be blooming proud, mate. Couple of final questions from the comment section. Uh, Spud, absolute legendary Norwich fan, he says, "What are your plans when you retire, football coach or something else?" And my question to add on to that, um, Bradley, is, um, "Would you come back to Norwich one day?" Yeah, why not? My my plan is to be a coach. Um, I've done my badges, um, so I'm qualified. I got my A license. I've done them. Um, what did I do? Three three years ago, I've done them. Um, so yeah, I've got my badges. It's something that I'm passionate about. I I like helping young kids, um, youth team level under twenty threes. Who I like helping them and and giving the, giving them my advice on hearing my story and my career and, and helping them. So at Derby, I started coaching the under uh, 15s and under 12s and really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, you know, I speak to Russ quite a lot. You know, he's gone into the management now and it is stressful, but it's all I know. Football is all I know. So I want to maybe when I hang up my boots, give something back to football and give something back to these youngsters. And yeah, so talking about that, if if something comes up for me at Norwich, you know, I'll, I'll come back in a heartbeat. I'll have a word of Stuart Webber for you, mate. Yeah. Um, oh, Bradley, there's a. I don't know if you remember in the first podcast. I've not briefed you on this. There's only one thing left for you to say. What is it? On the ball, see. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love the fact we didn't. We didn't plan that. Absolutely love it. Um, Bradley, thanks so much for your time today, mate. I really oh, appreciate thank you. it. Man. Thank you for having me. Tom, uh, thank you so much for everyone uh, watching. That's been um, a, a live TNC podcast. If you've, if you've enjoyed tonight, why not give it a tweet on social media and we'll retweet it as a as a thanks for your support. I'm sure Bradley will engage with you as well. Um, don't forget, people, as you've seen on the ticker below, the next big thing on the the, uh, the the TNC channel is the watch along Norwich v Brentford Wednesday. Uh, Five, yeah, mate. Wednesday night. Actually, you drew. Um, actually, hang on. Let's let's not close it. One more thing, Bradley. Um, you drew to Brentford. You played in that game. Um, Norwich to beat Brentford. Where is it? At home or away? Home. At home, Carrow Road. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that will it's do. Tough place to go New stadium is a tough place to go, but no, I fancy Norwich at Carrow Road. Good man, good man. That's what we like to hear. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. See you on Wednesday night for the TNC Watch Along. Always appreciate your support. And as Bradley said, on, on the ball, <laughs> <laughs>